And welcome back to the seventh episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. It's your host, Phil Razor, sitting here with my co-host, Sky Ball. Sky, how are we doing? What's good, blood? Not even know in paradise. We are once again joined by a resident stack guy, stack guy, Nate. Nate, how are you doing today, man? Gripping around, man. Doing the thing. Yeah, let's go. I hated every second of that. Well, we hate a lot of things that Nate says, but we put up with it anyways, you know? Nate's just our verbal punching bag for every episode, I swear. And he oh. does so much for us. It really is unfortunate. He's such a good guy, that Nate. Well, unless you meet him in person. S-Y-C! <laughs> no, no, you said S-Y-C, Nate. You're off the podcast. All of you get off the court. <laughs> you know what, Nate? Maybe your mom didn't go to heaven. <laughs> Tropics, off the floor. <laughs> off the floor. So, we, got a, we had a suggestion that we got on our Instagram. So, we're going to start off today with uh, Today in Sports. And... In honor of the Olympics, this is kind of a cool one. Um, in 1936, at those famous Berlin Olympics where Jesse Owens, you know, dominated right in front of Hitler's face. I think we can all appreciate my that. My grandfather was actually his tutor and uh, fellow track runner. Really? Ohio State. Yeah, my, uh, my family owned uh, a pair of his Olympic track spikes that my dickhead grandfather sold. But, yeah, we have a bunch of old, like, Jesse Owens like memorabilia. That's very cool. Yeah, the, uh, the track and field... Um, arena at Ohio State is named after him, obviously. Yeah, there's actually a picture of Glenn and Jesse um, over one of the booths at uh, Jack and Benny's uh, down on, like, North oh, Campus. No yeah, I swear to God. That's very cool. Yeah. That's a fun fact. Um, I was just going to touch on this. I thought it was interesting. So Jack Lovelock of New Zealand set the world record in the 1,500 meter at the Berlin Olympics. He ran 1,500 meters, which is almost a mile, in three minutes and 48 seconds. I would simply rather burn. That is moving. That is motoring along right there. Yeah. Was he riding like a 50cc around the track or was he actually running? That's what I was going to say. Did he do a bunch of smelling salts before he took off? I know Nate did. Hey-o. Hey-o. Can't get get on the podcast without that good ammonia. So, yeah, we wanted to give that little uh, Today in Sports History, August 6th. He set that record. That's pretty cool. Just a random guy in New Zealand, man. Who would have guessed? I guess. Sorry, Holly's making me switch my hat backwards so she can get a... Videos of my angelic cherub child face. You think you have a cherub child face? Well, I think that my face is the brand of the podcast, absolutely. I like the glasses. It's like a fucked yeah, up Gerber baby. You. A what? It's like a fucked up Gerber baby well, is what of, it is. Maybe a malnourished baby. Gerber baby. I don't think he... His face is not chubby. Not what are you talking about? <laughs> Calm down, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen <laughs> oh, Cock. Oh, am I right? Jurgen Cock. <laughs> Oof. This shit is off the rails and we're like two minutes in. Boom, roasted. Stag guy Nate, putting from the rough. Ooh, game blouses. <laughs> Assemble your crew, meet me outside. <laughs> Baptize yourselves in the water of Lake Minnetonka. He made his pancakes. <laughs> All right, so we let's wrangle this back in. So we're going to start off today with the AFC East, which is nice because we're only going to talk about one team in the AFC East, but they are the best team right now. Bill's Mafia. The Buffalo Bills, nobody circles the wagons. Like yeah, the I'm, already, I'm already like five Bills. beers deep and broken two tables for this episode. So <laughs> Yeah, we tailgated, exactly. So <laughs> last year the Bills had a pretty good year. They went 13-3, and three, uh, lost K, you know, Kansas City in the AFC title game. Uh, yeah, I, I would say by any stretch they had a very successful season. Um, based on I what think the, it was a breakout year for Josh Allen. Yep, certainly. Him and Stephon Diggs put a good rapport together. And Diggs is coming back, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I, I thought he renewed his contract. Yeah, De- Devin Singletary running the ball there. They have a pretty solid offense. Uh, they got a really solid defense. So I'm excited to see uh, how Buffalo turns it up 
in the 17 game 2021. I'm taking Stefan with my first pick in fantasy. I'm again. taking Josh Allen with my first pick because I think yeah. that dude's going to pecker slap you, the entire league. You guys are taking quarterbacks and wide receivers in the first round. I time. took Josh Allen first overall always, last year in fantasy, and everybody was laughing at me. And then guess who was laughing by the end of the season? Actually, me after his butt fucking. I'm just saying it's a bold strategy. I will say my first pick in last year's draft was Joe Mixon, and that did not turn out well. Well, that's because Joe Mixon's a bum, and he plays in Cincinnati, which is in Kentucky. Hey, 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 easy now. I mean, plays the guy, the, the guy is the plays guy for the good. Kentucky Bengals. The guy is good. They so, sleep with their ugly cousin down there in Kentucky. Yeah, just, we have standards here in Ohio. Right. <laughs> Derailed. Vegas, Vegas has them at 10 and a half wins. Uh, 10 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. I like those odds. I'm giving them 12 wins. Easily 12 wins. Yeah. I think they could end up with 14 if everything goes no, together. I'm, I'm saying I think 12 is like the minimum. If you don't win 12 games as Buffalo, they're gonna there's, beat, there's something wrong. There. They're going to beat the Jets twice. They'll probably beat the Patriots twice. And they'll probably beat the Dolphins at least once, if not twice. I think they'll beat the Dolphins twice. I, I like what they're doing down there in Miami. Brian Flores is a good coach. It's all going to come down to what Tua does, but we're not going to really get into Miami. That's not a small market at all. Um, but I like you know the odds, especially there. You put a hundred bucks on them, one a grand, not bad. Um, they had some good, yeah. Put some, yeah. Put a grand on it. You're doing really well. They had some good notable, notable additions, if I can speak. Uh, they got Matt Breda from Miami. Um, you know, made his name out in San Francisco. Had a decent. We're not going to talk about that because Miami's big market. We talk about where they came from. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> My we job is to just piss. How about you take post. a step back and literally fuck your own face? All right. <laughs> all right. Wow, that's aggressive, Brian. Cut that out. <laughs> it takes two to tango. So Scott, I can tell Brian. To Sky doesn't. Too. Sky doesn't like it when someone throws it back in his face. <laughs> okay, shout out! Shout out, producer Brian, our guy. Yes, big shout out to Brian Harvey up in Cleveland, and we appreciate everything you do for us. We got to get you on for the Cleveland Roundtable. That'll be fun. Um. They also signed uh, Emmanuel Sanders from San Francisco. They got Jacob Hollister, who's a tight end out of Seattle, put up some good numbers there. And I think the fun one is, you know, the guy that loves kissing titties, man. Mitch Trubisky's there now, too. Back up. I hate Mitch Trubisky. Why do you hate Mitch Trubisky? Because the dude's just a raging douchebag. And he's not very good at football. He's he's the modern-day Jay Cutler. Yeah, I mean, except Jay Cutler was actually cool. You know what I mean? I mean, the dude, ripped, the dude was ripping darts, for Christ's sake. Like, J, baby. Yeah, you rip a dart, you're cool by me. But no, Mitch Trubisky's just, he's he's too arrogant for his skill set, and he just he's just a fucking prick. I don't like the guy. I just don't get why Chicago took him when he had one season of football under his belt. Yeah, and dude, you went to North Carolina. Like you played, you, you were the best starting quarterback in North Carolina. I mean, you're not you're not going to stack up against a lot of these premier programs. They're starters, and. I think Chicago is just run by a bunch of morons because, I mean, a lot of the decisions they've made in the last, what, five, six, seven, it, well, honestly, taking Rex Grossman and having him start in, what was it, 2008 in that Super Bowl? Yeah. 2006. But 2006, who, whatever. Who cares about Chicago? Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just kid. saying. Who cares about well, Chicago? subject of Mitch Trubisky, I, I don't fucking like the I guy. Get, I get it. So, the good news is, the good, yeah, I just yeah. don't like and the, good, he reminds the good news me is, we're not going to watch him. Even just we're not going to watch him. Yeah. Well, no. It's he, not going to matter. He reminds me of Nate too much. That's what drives me oh, nuts. Boy. It's Festivus. So. We're airing our grievances. Someone get me the poll. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I, think, I think the most accurate assessment of Seinfeld right now is Serenity Now. So, yeah. Yeah. Josh Allen last year, you know, well, well first of all, before he was Josh Allen, the, pretty much the only big name they lost was John Brown. Good receiver, but nothing to write home about. Yeah. I think they'll be fine. Josh Allen threw for a shade over 4,500 yards. Had a completion percentage of 69%. Nice. 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, a 107 QBR. Ran the ball 102 times, 421 yards, and 8 touchdowns. So that's 45. Well, 
that he caught a pass for a touchdown too. So 46 total touchdowns to 10 interceptions yeah. last year. Do you think those are MVP numbers? I think Josh Allen could easily win an MVP in his career, yes. How, how many years do you think? It's tough because he's got to go up against guys like Mahomes. And Rodgers. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers. I, th- I think this year Rodgers is going to get MVP again. So let's just get that out of the way because, like we talked about last episode, it's the last dance. It's mm-hmm. the it's the revenge tour. Like, and you got. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing on another level this year, but I think Josh Allen's next up. I mean, and you, you still have you still have Russ out there in Seattle to compete with as well. You so. also have Lamar Jackson, who nobody's mentioning. Yeah, as of yet. And there's always there's well, always, because I don't think he's going to be the star on that team this year. I think it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. Well, if J.K. is really that good, that it'll open Lamar up to put up numbers. But, but still, I mean, when a running back puts up insane numbers like that, I think that J.K. is going to get more attention. Somebody's also going to emerge out of nowhere. That always happens. You can never really count out Christian McCaffrey. Don't say it. <laughs> I think Christian McCaffrey. You know where I want to go with that. Yeah, well, we're not going there because I don't think that's realistic right now. Christian, Ma- Christian McCaffrey's realistic, though. Yeah, I can, do, I can see Christian McCaffrey. That's He's certainly someone. Derrick Henry is realistic in an MVP conversation. I, you could almost argue that. Derrick Henry was putting up close to MVP numbers last season. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to have to name a Brown for an MVP, it'd be Nick Chubb. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's more obviously of, the, the 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 Baker look was was definitely a joke. Well, I know what you want, but I think I think Nick Chubb for sure could contend for that. Um, yeah, I mean it'll be fun to watch. Josh Allen could certainly win one of the next few years. His numbers will probably just keep getting better. Let's be honest. Yeah. So depending on, depending on who they keep on offense. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with Matt Bright at the compliment. Last year's running back, Devin Singletary, carried the ball 156 times, put up 687 yards, only two rushing touchdowns, but he had damn near 500 yards after contact. So I like Devin Singletary. He, he keeps those legs moving. He's a great late-round fantasy pick if you're looking for value, too. Yeah, yeah. center of gravity. Yep. 38 receptions for 269 yards, so solid there as well. Let's go to the main guy on that offense, so that isn't the quarterback, Stephon Diggs, dude. 166 targets. 127 catches, 1,535 yards, 8 touchdowns, 73 of his 127 catches went for first downs, 464 yards after catch, and 8 drops. But oh, yeah, that was, that's what I was waiting when for. When you get drops. targeted that much, it's really not that bad. That's, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had how many targets with 2 drops? I think that's superhuman activity. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll, I'll give Stephon Diggs 8 drops. That's fine. Yeah. But I was I was waiting for that stat that stat to pop up. Yeah, I mean that's he can work on that. 115.4 QBR on ball stone one. So I'll take it. Also, while while we while we while I have you here on this one, mm-hmm. I have been incorrectly stating what a perfect QBR would have been. It's mm-hmm. 158, not 136. Yep. So my fine. apologies to the listeners. I obviously had that very wrong for quite a few episodes. Please berate Sky on Twitter and Instagram. Give it to me verbally, baby. He loves it. That's what he Gets off to. That's all Holly does. It's just verbally brave me. That's why I'm still with her. Shut up. By the way, shout, quick, shout out to the social media director. <laughs> real quick, quick, quick stat for you. That drop percentage is a 4.8% drop. Okay. Well, then, yeah. We got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Now we're fucking with lube. Jesus. So, that wide receiver room, though, outside of Diggs, they have Cole Beasley. <laughs> they have Gabriel Davis. Beasley? I like Beasley. They have Isaiah McKenzie. They have Jake Kumaro. They have Emmanuel Sanders. So we got some names in that room. Yeah. Nate, can you do me a favor and look up how old Emmanuel Sanders is? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, he's over 30. I was going to say, he's, he's, so he's probably not going to be taking too many reps. Well, I think their biggest problem right now is to look at the offense is they signed Bobby Hart, who's the worst right tackle in the NFL from Cincinnati. So, yikes. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, 34 years old. Yeah. 34? Yeah. Oh, if Thank you're, you. If you're going to pick a team to wrap your career up with, 
this Bills team is certainly up there. I, yeah, I mean, they're right on the edge. Let's think about this real quick, just to talk about Emmanuel Sanders. This is a guy that started in Pittsburgh, then went to New Orleans, or sorry, then went to Denver, then went to New Orleans, and then to San Francisco, and now he's in Buffalo. Hmm? That's a that's a traveling that's a traveling athlete right there. It's almost uh, the exact routes that we've been taking on these tours. Shout out to the Where the Fuck Are We Tour. Starting what we're doing. Uh, Minnesota to Montana to Seattle. Big Sky to Seattle and mm-hmm. back. Yep. So if you're in any of those cities, look for the tour bus. We're going to have big ass magnets on the side <laughs> with our logo so you can find us. The shagging wagon. Oh, we should totally do a dumb and dumber just like dog suit for the RV. <laughs> I hate you so much. It's a shagging wagon. Chicks love it. <laughs> They hate you, but they love it. Yeah, I guess. I'm looking at this Bills defense. Defensive line is solid. Mario Addison's a good player. AJ Espinosa is a good player. They got star Lotulele now. He's a good player. Ed Oliver hasn't really become who they hoped he'd be, but some guys it takes a little time. I like the linebacking core in Buffalo. I like Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, I love really, the name. I like AJ Klein, and I also love Matt Milano. I think he's a monster in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I like where they're at in terms of linebacking core. DBs. Strong, too. Micah Hyde's been a force at safety in the league for a while. Very versatile player. Uh, Jordan Poyer, shout out. Go Bobcats. OU, baby. And then uh, Levi Wallace is a good corner, but it's all about Tredavious White on the outside yeah. there. He's a monster. So they got a solid defense. Um, they'll put up plenty of points to make up for any lapses in the defensive unit they have. I think top, I don't think it'll be very many. No. I think top end is probably 14-3. and three. Low end is 11-6. and six. I mean, I could see an AFC championship this year out of them. Mm-hmm. I definitely maybe think, not win it, but I think they'll make it. I th- yeah, I think they'll they'll probably make their way back there too. So we are very high on the Buffalo Bills this year. I think it'd be kind of silly not for you not to be high on the Buffalo Bills yeah. this year. Um, just coaching staff, personnel, all of it. As someone who's been there, that stadium is raucous. They're gonna have fans oh, yeah. back in there. You well, know, plus the, is like being from the Midwest. They're they're our Lake Erie brothers, so you know we we root for them. Mm-hmm. It's a very comparable city to Cleveland, Detroit, Cincinnati. So yeah. You know, we are Bills pseudo fans. Obviously, we're not Bills fans, but we support the Buffalo Bills. Well, gun in my head, if I had to pick a team that's not the Browns to root for, it'd be the Bills. It'd be an easy one to pick. Yeah. How can you not love the Bills? Bills yeah. Mafia, baby. It's hard not to. So, that's basically what we got on the Buffalo Bills. We're going to transition over a little bit. We wanted to give a shout out to Terry Francona. Yeah, step, unfortunately, stepped away from the Cleveland Indians for the remainder of the season. Old Tito. We're not sure if he's ever going to manage again. But I, I think that there's a good chance that he'll be back. Um, honestly, hot take. I think it might have something to do with the fact that he sees the ship sinking and we're not going to go anywhere. I really like, I mean, this is our, the Indian season's pretty much over, I think. Sure. I don't, I don't really see them making them, especially without Tito, I don't see them making the playoffs. Because um, we're already, what, eight games back in that wild card or in that ballpark. It's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, so I, I think maybe Terry's just kind of like, all right, well, this isn't going to really work out for the rest of the year, so I'm going to take a sabbatical and then you know try and see where I'm at next year. Yeah, um, I mean, if his health improves and he wants to come back, they'll be happy to have him. If not, if I'm them, I'm going young, I go a little bit of a younger route in terms of the next manager, see if he can yeah. build from the ground up there. Um, Sky, I know you have some statistics for uh, for Tito in front of you. Can you read those off? Yeah, well, first of all, he was the curse breaker in Boston. Uh, yeah, no, has, no easy task. Yeah, no, and that, I mean, it was how many year drought? Like, almost... Like 86. It was to say it's 80s. It was second only to the Cubs. Um, but yeah, he has 3,239 career games managed, 0.542 regular season win-loss percentage. 
0.563 career postseason win-loss percentage, 44 career ejections. Fucking solid. Talk that shit, Tito. Three pennants and two World Series titles. Uh, Cleveland record, he's got 1,295 games under his belt. 560 regular season win-loss, 462 postseason win-loss, which, I mean, I'll take it. Tito's been nothing but a blessing in Cleveland, I think. Oh, he was, I've, been, I've been happy to have him since 2013. He's the best hire they've made easily in our lifetimes, which is starting in the early 90s. Probably that they've ever had, at least, I think, at least I think in the last 50 years. I think in the last 50 years, definitely. I think most likely ever. Yeah. I mean, Tito did a lot for this franchise. He's been here since, what, 2013? So mm-hmm. it's eight years, something like that. Took mm-hmm. us to a World Series for the first time since 97, 98. 97. And almost had it. Got screwed by the MLB. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying this forever. We got totally waxed by the MLB, but it's not about it's not about that. It's about Tito. Um, so I think I do think we'll see him again next season. I think he's going to be getting his shit together for you know the next few months. But like I said, my theory is that I think he sees that we're not going to go anywhere, and it'd be a waste of his time and a waste of his you know whatever good health he's got left this season to burn it now when he can just recharge for next year. So sure, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him kind of transform Cleveland into a perennial, play, you know, perennial playoff franchise since since he took Especially over. A pitching powerhouse too. Yeah, I mean, they and they flipped a lot of that pitching into young prospects and bats and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously here at Small Market Insecurities wish him the best. We want him to come back and manage again. If he needs a year off in 2021 too, I'm still not mad about or it. Or 2022, I'm sorry. Th- that's fine. You know, if he needs a little bit of time to kind of gather himself. Spend the time with his family, you know, get everything together and in order. I don't think anybody's going to fault him for that. And if you do, you're a shitty fan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like he's Urban Meyer. You know what I mean? He's not going to retire from two schools claiming health issues and then end up coaching again. I don't think Tito's going to do anything like that. So as far as I'm concerned here in Cleveland, we still love Tito. We want him back. You have to love Tito. Yeah, he's a nice guy. They choose sunflower seeds like a goddamn animal. Yeah, he always looks like he has a debilitating chai, and though like Lenny Dykstra style. Yeah, he looks he looks like a Tommy gun just spitting seeds across the fucking dugout. Shout he, out, to, shout out Lenny Dykstra. They were using oh, Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> I don't know why they used Tommy guns to rob banks in the thirties. I should have just used Tito spitting <laughs> seeds at everybody. Have <laughs> by the back of his neck in the back belt loop. I'm just cock his shoulders like. It's not assault with a deadly weapon. It's a deadly weapon. It's just sunflower seeds. Well, I mean, I'm sure they can find a way to charge you with something. Yeah, get a good lawyer. Assault with a Tito weapon? Oh, God. So, from one Cleveland team to the other, we're going to talk about the NBA draft here. We're going to go over a couple of the picks. Um, I'll touch on the Detroit pick. They had the number one overall, and they took Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State's been, they've been turning out some decent basketball players. Marcus Smart's had a nice NBA career. and I fucking hate that guy, but sure. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, he's a little bitch. But, you know, Cade Cunningham, he's projected to be, you know. Just wish his heart would stop sometimes, you know. From one gentleman to another, I really hope you get Lou Gehrig's disease. I really hope you fucking get Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so he, uh, in his 2020-2021 season at Oklahoma State, averaged over 20 points a game, 44% from the field, 40% from three, 85% from the line, uh, a shade over six boards a game, uh, three and a half assists a game. So pretty solid yeah, numbers. That's shabby. No, and Detroit, it's, I mean, it's a basketball, it's a pro sports town. That's the beauty yeah. of Detroit, though. Any other teams that win, they get behind. Yeah, I mean, like, all seven people that live in Detroit are probably losing their mind right now. I don't know. Would you rather get drafted? Oh, we'll go to Nate for this because I'm not going to ask you this question. Would you rather get drafted by Detroit or Cleveland just for the NBA? 
I know, it's a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, I guess I'd, I guess I'd go Cleveland just because, I mean, fuck Michigan. But that's just me it's being... A, it's between a rock and roll and a hard place? Hey, hey Well, I mean, the Little Caesars Arena up in Detroit is beautiful. I've been in yeah, there. Yeah, but it's also called Little Caesars Arena. Well, it's because the founder of Little Caesars owned half their sports franchises. Is he one of the seven people that live there? Would you rather be... I, I would assume he lived there. Probably in a house in many places. Yeah, probably. He's a pizza mogul. Would so, you, yeah. Would you rather be Little Caesars or Quicken Loans? I mean... Quicken Loans, easily. Well, you want to fuck people out of a mortgage? Well, doesn't Dan also still own, like, half of the real estate in Detroit? Yeah, he's a real estate mogul. Yeah, would you he, rather owns, be a, he owns, like, all of Detroit's downtown. Would you rather let people... So, technically, whether you go to Detroit or Cleveland, you're still playing for Cleveland. You're either taking people's money or encouraging them to come eat your shitty pizza. It's up to you. I would. It's a fucker be fucked world. I'd rather do the fucking dude. It's not. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a no brainer. I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. So <laughs> I finally figured out how to lock uh, Phil up verbally. No, that was I fantastic. finally figured it out. That was got it. it. No, that no, that was fantastic. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. It is tough to leave me speechless. Nice. But saying it's a fuck or be fucked world is certainly one way to you know. Well, I'd rather be doing the fucking. I'm just saying. Condom, no condom, as long as I'm not getting penetrated financially, I'm good. Penetrated financially. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we... we Safety's we, off today, guys. We, we've established how we feel about Detroit, I guess. So <laughs> It's a it, godforsaken shithole. That's well, how we feel. It'll at least be fun to see how he meshes with the team up there, you know, where they go in the future. Yeah, I, in, in all seriousness, I do think he'll have a good career. Um, at least the time that he does film Detroit, I think he'll, he'll, he'll probably be the star there. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. definitely the best player they have on the roster. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, who else does he have on that roster? That well, yeah, they, I mean, they don't have Blake anymore, so yeah. No, he pulled the old fake injury to get over to Brooklyn. My leg! My leg! So the Cavs had the third overall pick. We wanted to touch on this, too. They took Evan Mobley, center out of USC. Uh, 16 points a game, 58% from the field, 30% from deep, uh, 69% from the free throw line. Nice. Uh, a shade under nine boards a game, still two and a half assists a game, and almost three blocks per game. He was the Pac-12 Player of the Year. So I, I am a big fan of Evan Mobley. Yeah, I'm a big fan. What were your initial thoughts when you saw he got drafted? I mean, I, to me, I, that's who I figured they were going to go with. Sure. And I think it does benefit us because I, 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 I want Kevin Love out. I think Kevin Love is as useful as a poopy flavored lollipop. Do you think Kevin Love deserves a better franchise right now? Or at least a franchise that's in a better spot to win. Yeah, I mean, because he's been there, he's climbed that mountain, he's stood at the summit. I mean, like, let him go play somewhere where he could actually get real playoff time. Um, I mean, he's like, he's like, he's like, it's like Big Brother's Big Sisters in Cleveland right now. Like, you have like Saxland out there, you have all these young guys, and there's like two or three older guys, and it's like these older guys are like, well, we're pretty much getting paid to fucking coach these kids. Oh. So, yeah, send Kevin Love somewhere else where he can get, you know, at least a decent playoff run somewhere. And bring in, just completely redo the whole team. Just completely bring in a completely, totally young guys, or group of guys. Sorry, I cannot fucking talk today. Phil's rubbing off on me. It, just bring in a whole core of young dudes, all under, like, 28, and restart from there. Sure. Just get the old heads out. Let them go do their own thing. Because Kevin Love is miserable in Cleveland, I think. And we're miserable with him here. So, fucking kick rocks, motherfucker. Let me see ya. So, I'm going to read off some of Evan... Evan Mobley's accomplishments that he, you know, in one year of playing collegiate basketball. Uh, consensus, second-team All-American. Pac-12 player of the year, like I alluded to earlier. First-team All-Pac-12, obviously. He was also the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. 
That's all, what I like to hear. But that's the part that I like the most about mm-hmm. him is defensive capabilities. Um, all defensive team, freshman of the year, all freshman team. And then in high school, he was a McDonald's All-American, and he was the Morgan Wooten National Player of the Year. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Detroit with the first overall pick versus Cleveland with the third, I think we got the best pick in the draft Sure, compared to them. They, they still pick first, but I think our pick was infinitely better. Okay. I mean, Cade Cunningham, the way I was, you know, reading draft boards, everybody said that he was like the second coming, the, you know, the consensus number one. The only thing... Second coming of who, though? Because we hear this shit all the time, a, and it's like, it's yeah. Just a, it's just a turn of phrase. Yeah, okay, I don't, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not alluding to anybody. Oh, okay, I thought, I thought, I was like, I didn't, it was, it was no. almost like Charlie's like, I feel like you said, you said spa, I feel like you're going to, you were going to say spaghetti or something. You just kind of like stopped. I didn't know if you were like trying to allude to somebody. No. But no, um, I mean, I'm not saying that Kate Cunningham's not good, but I'm saying I would much rather have Evan Mobley on my team than, than him. So my only concern with Evan Mobley is he's seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. But in the modern NBA, there's really not many true centers. Do you want to see him? Like I I said earlier, he shot 30% from deep last year in college. Obviously, in the NBA, the three-point line steps back a little bit. Do you think he can work on an outside game to pair with an inside game? I think so, for sure. Or do you want him to not worry about that? Look at at like Katie and Giannis. Their first three or four years in the league. I mean, Katie had developed, obviously, a little bit more of a three-point range shot than, than sure. Giannis did coming in. But look at Giannis now. Giannis can bang threes just like Steph Curry off the court, not on the court. Let's get one thing straight. Zing. But, no, I mean, I, I think that he can develop a perimeter game for sure. And I think if he's going to do it in Cleveland, it be a good spot for him because he's got potentially still Colin Sexton, you know, Julius Garland. You've got these perimeter players that you can learn a little bit from. And if you can get him to that level, you have three lethal shooters on the outside. Sure. One of them's a seven-footer. Look at Ke- like Kevin Durant is what I want Mobley to be like. As much as I hate Kevin Durant. Wow. His style of game, seven-footer shooting threes. Yeah, but that, the, the expectations that you just put on him are massive. I'm not saying he's going to get there, and I don't expect that from him. I'm saying best-case scenario, that's okay. what I would love to see you know, become of him. Okay. I'm not saying that I would want – or I would be disappointed if he doesn't become – you know quote-unquote, the second coming of KD. Sure. But if you're even close to that, mm-hmm. I'm still fucking taking it any day. Well, yeah, I mean, if he's a productive player, maybe he makes an all-star game or two, you know, brings that good brand awareness back to Cleveland, yeah. then he's doing exactly what they want. I don't need you to come want. out here and fucking 23 it for me. I just need you to, you know, be a good supporting player and develop a perimeter game, and I'm a happy guy. So while we're talking about the Cavs, we haven't really discussed them much. Something I've heard multiple Cavs fans talk about, and I wanted to get your take on this, what do you think they should do with Colin Sexton? I would personally like to keep Colin Sexton. I hear a lot of people say he doesn't make anybody on the team better. I Yeah, but I, I think we could do a lot worse than Colin Sexton. And that's the one thing I'm worried about is if we get rid of Colin Sexton, who the fuck's going to replace him? You do have Ricky Rubio now. Yeah, they, yeah, they did never, just sign Ricky Rubio. Yeah, but I've never been high on Ricky Rubio. Well, he had all this hype coming in. He's kind of like the Freddie Adu of the NBA. Yeah, he's a giant fucking Everybody guy. loved him. It's, you know, he was playing professionally in Spain at like 16, 17, 18. Yeah, well, that's, but that's and also then he, then he like came to America and it was playing a pickup game with 17-year-old kids. You're going to mob him. Like, yeah, sure. It's a whole well, different ballgame. I think NBA. he played for like Real Madrid or Barcelona and he was playing professionally at like 16 years old. And yeah. he looked really good over in Spain, but plateau. Spain's not the NBA. Right. That and like, well, that's like Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette in the NBA didn't really do a whole lot, and then now he's he's revered as a god over in China. Like this dude had what an eighty point game or a seventy eight nine point. Game, if you want to double check that for me, Jimmer had a, almost an eighty point game, I think. Sure. And he's not going to do that in the NBA. 
Oh, most so guys it's, don't. It's, a, it's a whole different ball game. Like Ricky Rubio coming over to the NBA, I think he got kind of punched in the mouth too and was like, oh shit, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to come over here and still be a stud and a star. But I think that he kind of just plateaued. Were there any guys, and you can say no to this question because this is entirely off the cuff, were there any guys that were drafted in the first round or even the second round that you really liked the value of the pick to the franchise? I mean, Cade Cunningham obviously was went over went number one overall to Detroit. I mean, you have to acknowledge that. Sure. And I think Evan Mobley. Those are the only two that I was like, the only two players that I really like were even on my radar this draft were those two guys. Okay. Everybody else was, I was kind of like, mm, I can take them or leave them. Okay. Hey, just to uh, chime in for you there, Jimmer Fredette had a 75-point game in China back in 2018. Okay, that's what it was, 75 yeah. points. But, I mean, still, that's – it's what you and Kobe yeah, yeah, and Will, and yeah. that's it. Well, and then also just to kind of get back to the Cavaliers here, you know, the Cavs also did agree to a deal with Jared Allen yesterday, five years, 100 mil. So yeah. you do have the big fro there in the center as well to kind of go along with Mobley. No, and that's what it, that's what it uh, goes back to what I was saying about the young guys. Like you have Sexland, you know, running the backcourt, and then you pair Mobley with him. You're looking at one more young guy, get Kevin Love out of there, and then see what you can build with this team over the next few years. Sure. I saw a lot of people referencing James Boonite, who went to the Hornets. 11th overall, a lot of people were really high on him. Value-wise, it's good. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, I've seen a yeah, lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, another you know solid guard out of UConn. They seem to pump those guys out. Kemba Walker has had a great NBA career. So Yeah, and Kemba Walker is also super underrated while, mm-hmm. while we're on his name. Yeah. And they kind of were talking about his isolation performance in college and how that translates to the NBA. Yeah. First in Big East in isolation scoring last year, 1.9 points per game. Um, second in the Big East in handoff scoring. And fifth in the Big East in transition scoring, which are all going to translate well to the NBA. I can yeah. see why everybody had this guy as a first-round projection. He fell a little bit further than I think some people would have thought. Well, that's what I was saying with the value. He slipped a little bit. So when they got him for where they got him at, Sure. What they were actually having to pay him for the position they drafted him in, I think it was, it was a steal compared to what he could have gotten. Yeah. Do you think he has potential in this draft to be one of the guys that they kind of emerges in three to five years and you're like, man, they all those the first ten teams, granted, some of these guys are probably better projections and made more sense at the time, they're going to go, man, they fucked up. Yeah, I think the guy with the highest ceiling, it's either Cade or Evan Mobley. Sure. But I think that... The long-term, long-haul, best payout is is, is going to be him. Okay, no, if that makes like Kemba because Kemba took a few years to find his groove in the NBA, and he's never been he's never been like a superstar, mm-hmm. but he's always been super consistent and he's always played at a pretty high level. I think that's what we're going to get out of him too. We're gonna hop over to the Colorado Avalanche. They made a big deal the other day. They traded for Phoenix Coyotes tendy Darcy Kemper. He's on a great deal right now. Darcy, it's the last year of his contract, but he's making $4.5 million a year, which is good because a lot of the money for Colorado is wrapped up in other players like McKinnon. Um, they resigned Landis Gog, so they have a bunch of big names there. So they needed kind of a cheaper option, which is probably why they traded Philip Grubauer, one of last year's Vezina finalists, to Seattle. So Darcy going to Colorado is good for them. I don't think they're going to sign a contract with him um, before the season starts. But if he comes out hair on fire to start the season, I definitely think that'll warrant him getting a long-term deal there. Nate, what do you think about that? 
Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's a great option for Colorado. They needed somebody in that, somebody with some experience, and you get that, a little bit of a cheaper option. I mean, you have a guy that has, you know, 66 games played, you know, 907 save percentage, which, which is nothing to scoff at. Uh, this is last year in their shortened season. Um, two shutouts, which is also, you know, nice. A guy that can stand in the net and get you some wins. Doesn't need to stand on his head because he's got a team in front of him that doesn't require that. But Yeah, and they got Kale McCarr leading up that, you know, the blue line there. And he's a phenomenal young talent. What a dog. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, the kid came in and just absolutely took the league by storm. Yeah, he's a perennial all-star, and he's definitely a perennial Norris Trophy candidate, too. Um, another trade Colorado made, um, they brought in Curtis McDermott, who was taken by the Kraken in the expansion draft, and they signed him, too. Who? His name's Curtis McDermott. No, the team? Who? The Crackheads? The Crackheads, yes. Yes. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Joe Rogan, but I smoke rocks. So they went out and got him. Um, he'll he'll help shore up that blue line too. They're making some moves down there, um, you know, over in Denver. Yeah, I think the the Avs are going to be a wagon for years to come. They're going to be competing for Stanley Cups for the next three to five years. They've got everybody that you know there. They needed McKinnon's on a really team friendly deal too. He's not making that McDavid money, but Nathan McKinnon is a top three player in the NHL, no questions asked. No, not at all. And honestly, if he can kind of keep, I mean, I get it, you know. You need to make as much money as you can, but we've seen that hockey player careers last a lot longer than NFL. And if he can continue to be on these team-friendly deals, they're going to be able to surround him with pieces that keep them at that perennial you know, conference finals or even start making some uh, Stanley Cup final appearances. Yeah, I, I think they'll be in one here soon. I'd love to watch them play a Tampa or maybe like a Boston um, in a Stanley Cup final. I think that'd be... The ratings would be incredible, but I also think the star power between you know either one of those two Eastern Conference teams against uh, Colorado would be just must-watch hockey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the biggest names in the game, and Nathan McKinnon. You've got you know Kale McCarr right there. That's two guys. You got Landis Cog, just reputable guys in the league. Rantanen, what's up? Rantanen. Yeah, Rantanen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they also didn't they just also get uh, our boy Brandon Saad. Yes. Yeah, they got our boy Brandon Sutton. No, Brandon Sutton went to St. Louis. That's right. No, he was he was in Colorado, but Correct. now he's in St. Louis. Yeah, he signed a, uh, he signed a contract with St. Louis. So good for him, Brandon Sutton. A couple of years as a Blue Jacket, they used him to, you know, end up getting Artemi Panarin out of it. So that was the backhand king. Yes, right he, he his backhand is ridiculous. Speaking so, of the Blue Jackets, uh, after we recorded last week, they finally signed some. You know, they made a big signing. Zach Wierenski's here for a long time, six years, $57.5 million. Big Z. 9.5 AAV. It's a, you know, it's basically what Seth Jones got. Um, the difference is Zach's 24. So he's going to be here through age 30 season. Um, he came out and said that he loves being here. He gave Columbus a ringing endorsement. I think that's huge for this city. We need players that want to be here. Um, they traded away some guys that loved it here, but when you're kind of hybrid rebuilding, reloading, it's very important that you have a fundamental base that, you know, believes in the franchise. And, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager in Columbus, has done nothing over his time for us to really doubt him. So I'm excited that Zach's going to be here for a while. He'll lead the power play up top. You know, he had a 20-goal season as a defenseman. He's had a career hat trick before. I mean, he's, he's a good two-way defenseman, and it'll be fun to watch him kind of lead the blue line here in Columbus for years to come. Well, and it also just – 
helps in diminishing this reputation of the Blue Jackets can't keep good players or can't keep the good players that they draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, and for him to endorse the city and say that he loves it here, that helps in, you know, bringing on this image of this is a great city to play in. We're not, as Patrick Laine said, this isn't just a college town. I mean, we are a team that get we are a city that gets behind our teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got his new, or his former, another Michigan guy in Kent Johnson that we just drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if Michigan keeps producing these players and we can, we can draft them, I mean, that'd be something I'd like to hold on to. But... It's just it's great to have Z around. I mean, as you said, you know, twenty you know twenty goal scorer, mm-hmm. career hat trick. I mean, the guy is a true offensive defenseman, and he's going to be great for this team for years to come. And he'll be able to help lead us through this little rebuild that we're going through. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a few more signings I wanted to touch on real quick. Ryan Murray also signed uh, with Colorado. So man, they're just stockpiling defensemen up there, and it'll be. I, I really hope Ryan Murray. Could stay healthy for the whole year. The guy, that guy. Let me tell you, man. I was, I was so on board when they got when the Blue Jackets got rid of him. He is a guy that cannot stay healthy for a full season. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, he only played probably twenty to thirty percent of any season, any mm-hmm. given season, and it was just he was as useful as a poopy flavored lollipop, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah, the Blue Jackets showed up that. Um... Blue line again when they uh, they agreed to RFA Jake Bean, who was a part of the you know of that initial trade, um, you know that crazy first round of the NHL draft. Um, they got him three years, six point nine nine mil. So good AAV there, two point three three million a year. Um, Shored him up, twenty three year old defenseman. So it'll be fun to watch his development too. I'd love to see him paired with Gavrikov. Yeah, um, I think that would be a good defensive pairing. Well, and you know, and real quick, kind of just. You know, circling back to Z, I think the other big thing that this shows is that when we do have somebody that is a good talent, that we're not afraid to open up the wallet, open up the checkbook, and pay these guys. Mm Because that's what's, I mean, at the end of the day, money talks. Sure. And you got to be able to put the money out for these big name guys. Yeah. Um, We talked about Brandon Saad, five years, $22.5 million. That's $4.5 million AAV. Um, Carolina signed Ian Cole, another former Blue Jacket, one year, 2.9 mil, so good for him. Um, yeah, when we go back to the Metropolitan Division, it's going to be tough. That's going to be a grind. Um, that, that division is such a ringer. It is. That turtle is going nuts. Man, look at him. I mean, unreal. Get up. Otis is quite the athlete. Well, and he just fell off of this thing again, so. Oh, man. Maybe not quite the athlete I thought he was, but we'll get in there. Hyperactive turtle over there. Yeah, he's I looking. think he's calming down now. Sorry, guys. Our uh, <laughs> our team turtle is uh, parkouring in his tank right yeah. now. Parkour! Now, if you hear that, it's just that the mics are picking up. If you hear any noise, it's just the turtle bopping. <laughs> me and the turtle bopping. Um, Vancouver signed Tucker Pullman to a four-year, $10 million deal. That's a really good AAV. Tucker Pullman's a very productive player. Um, Vancouver, like we've talked about before, I really like where they're going on the direction that they're kind of taking that franchise, getting back on track ever since they... Lost that 2011 Stanley Cup final to Boston. They've been kind of, you know, iffy for the last decade. So it'll be fun to see if they can improve themselves. One really interesting signing. This guy's been through a lot of a lot of problems. He's caused a lot of issues. Um, he's actually the reason why the Rangers ended up trading for Adam Fox and won the Norris Trophy last year. Tony D'Angelo signed one year, $1 million in Carolina. He's a really controversial name. So... 
the Jackets, you know, us Jackets fans, anybody who's a fan of a team um, in the Metropolitan Division, whether that be, you know, Pittsburgh or, you know, whomever, it's going to be interesting to see how he meshes um, with that team down there, Rod Brindamore. They're kind of a no-nonsense franchise. Um, they play a style that I think Tortorella would have liked the Blue Jackets to play the last two years. Um, they kind of perfected that. I mean, people forget Carolina, man. They won the Central Division last year. They beat the Lightning, you know, for the, for the division crown. Granted, the Lightning ended up winning the whole thing, so it's all for nothing. But Bastards. You know, Carolina's not a bad team, and they're just, you know, continuing to improve. No, that's the thing. Like, a couple games I went to this year as a Jackets fan were against Carolina, and it was, I mean, it was just hopeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like it was, you're down two nothing by beginning of the second period. Like they're they're a solid team. Their their counterattack is insane. They're, well, they're they're built to win, and they're built to win in a division full of teams that grind you out. Yeah, well, and like that's the thing. I've always said Columbus was like the at least under Torts was like the Herb Brooks special, where it's like, all right, you might not be the most skilled team, you might not be the fastest team, but you will be the most conditioned team. Yeah, they'll they'll outplay you in the bottom of the third period because they have the conditioning for it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of teams in the Metropolitan that kind of play that way. Um, the Islanders play that way. The Islanders are a hustle team. Yep. They, they certainly play that way. The Devils look like they're going to start playing that way. They signed Dougie Hamilton from Carolina to a long contract. The Devils. So, yeah. So, uh, what was up with you and the Devil? <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins, I mean, they're getting older. The Pens are kind of getting up there. I don't think Pens fans really appreciate Evgeny Malkin enough. I, the only pen that I really only recognize ever is Sidney Crosby, and it's because I hate him so bad. So I'm going to turn this one over to Nate. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think in terms of you know the, going back to the realignment, um, Crosby's not getting any younger. No. I think, Nate, you can disagree with this, but I think it's time they look at shopping Evgeny Malkin. You can, you can bring a lot back. I think Evgeny Malkin's a Hall of Famer. I think he's, you know, a severely underrated player outside of teams that watch him, you know, fans of teams that watch him all the time. Um, he, he tortures opposing teams because he plays in the second line and he's just, you know, ready to go any given night. He can go off for four points. So, I don't know. Do you think they should, you know, hang on to Malkin or do you think that he would, you know, probably be the best candidate for a trade? I mean, I think he'd be ready. I think they need to shop him around. I mean, if you ask anybody that, any fan of a team in the Metropolitan Division, they'll tell you this guy is a grinder and he can terrorize in front of the net. He can, you know, he can score, he can assist, and he just lays the body out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, I think he deserves to go to a team and maybe a city where he's a little more appreciated. I mean, because he just gets overshadowed by Sidney Crosby year after year. And yep. then you've got all these other guys like, um, What's his nuts? Uh, starts with a G over there. Jake Gensel. Yeah, Gensel's a good player. They just signed Aston Reese, too. He's a solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they're not lacking for offensive production. And it'd be interesting to see how they play without Evgeny Malkin. But it's certainly something they have to explore, especially if they have kind of a tough year this year. Um, yeah, that's an option they can do to kind of secure their future and you know have it be to where Crosby wraps up his career with a, with a contender. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's about time they both kind of started to get shopped around. I mean, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh will ever let Crosby go. I think he's gonna be come in as a Penguin and leave as a Penguin. But uh, yeah, Malkin, I think it'd be about time to start shopping him around and 
see where they could get him and possibly get some good return out of him too. Yeah. No, I agree. And we've been kicking around some of these signings and, you know, talking about kicking things around. I kind of want to touch on this really briefly. The MLS standings right now, I was looking at this. The Western Conference, the playoff spots right now in the MLS Western portion, if you exclude the two teams from Los Angeles who were in position, you have the Seattle Sounders in first, then Sporting Kansas City, Colorado, Minnesota, and Real Salt Lake. So a I lot of heard Real Salt Lake up there in God years. It's Since like what was his name? Uh, Sasha, what the midfielder played for the U.S. national team. I cannot remember his name to save my life. It's okay. I don't know who you're talking about either. Um, no, but that was anyway. When he played for them, that was the last time they were really relevant. And that yeah. was back in like 2009, 2010, maybe. Yeah, it's just fun to kind of read the standings, and you know, like Portland's right there on the cusp of a playoff spot. Portland is a great soccer town, but. You know the bigger markets out west are kind of sitting in the bottom, half, you know, the bottom half of the table. And yeah, Seattle already. We love has, to see it here. We do love to see it. Seattle has thirty-two points leading it. Kansas City has thirty. And you know you got Real Salt Lake, Minnesota, and Colorado sitting there, kind of, you know, m- making a push. And it, it, you know, it's just kind of encouraging to see that. Yeah, the MLS is kind of the smallest market in general of all of the teams. So we're, it's encouraging to see these smaller markets kind of dominating the Western Conference and the MLS. And, you know, we were going to go through some of the stats here. Leading goal scorer, I believe it's uh, Rudiaz out of Seattle, has 11 goals this year. So that's, you know, it's fun to see a guy. And Seattle's a great, great soccer market. They love that team up there. Well, even back in the USL days, they were huge. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Seattle-Portland rivalry has been a huge thing in, in American soccer for almost 40 years plus. Yeah. Um, the leading goalkeeper in terms of clean sheets is actually the Nashville goalie. And they're a brand new team. They came into the league last year, kind of a weird year. Um, but this is their first full season in MLS, and Willis is leading all of Major League Soccer and clean sheets. And Sky is a former goalie, you know. Yeah. It is not easy to keep it's clean sheets. hard to do. Especially in the MLS. And for whatever reason, and you know, this is just kind of an opinion piece, but I think the MLS, it, it kind of reminds me of the Bundesliga in that they score a lot. Keeping a clean sheet is tough. Yeah, it's not a it's not a goalie's it's not a goalie's delight by no. any means. It's I think goalies are it's definitely the toughest position to play in the NFL mm-hmm. because in the I mean, M- in the MLS or in the wow Jesus sorry I'm out of it today stroking stroking out baby uh, no but uh, no in the MLS it's definitely the hardest position I think because it is a scorers league um, and you know I played for 15 years and. I'm, I've broken my hands on the goalpost, getting so angry, getting scored on, punching the goalpost and shit. I can only imagine what it's like playing at that level, having mm-hmm. that much pressure, knowing you're going to get scored on. Because mm-hmm. most games end up 2-1, one nothing, something like that. There's at least one goalie getting, getting torched in every game. Mm-hmm. You just don't want it to be you. No. And so to have him have the most clean sheets in the MLS on a new team, that's also pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive what they're doing down there. I was at the game when they played the crew here. No mill draw. He looked very good. He made a couple, you know, eye popping saves. He prevented Zellerion from slotting home the winner. And I was like, man, this kid is really on his no, game yeah, right Duke now. And ball. So I just want to give a quick shout out to the MLS, kind of talk about that Western Conference. You know, if you're a fan of any of those teams, um, please, once, you know, we haven't plugged it yet, social media, Twitter, at Small Market INS, Instagram, Small Market Insecurities. Uh, TikTok is in play right now. We're going to have that up soon. YouTube channel to come. We'll tweet and post on the story today once we finish the TikTok what uh, what the handle is that you guys can access it at. Exactly. So, yeah, please feel free to 
hop on there, make fun of us, you know, give us suggestions. Um, the fun fact at the beginning on this day in history, um, at the beginning of the podcast, that was, you know, sent to us by a loyal listener. And we appreciate all the suggestions. We're happy to go over whatever you guys want us to talk about. Um, you know, whatever content you crave, we're happy to supply it. So um, we were going to hop over real quick. Wanted to give Scott the opportunity. The Cleveland Browns signed Nick Chubb to an extension. Um, that's a nice, you know, distraction to have taken care of before they hop into camp here. And y'all you know, motherfuckers thought we wasn't going to keep him. So got yeah. him for uh, got him for what three years? I think it's like thirty-four and a half mil. Breaks down about like eleven point eight million a year. Uh, he's definitely he's guaranteed twenty mil. It's for three years. By the end of this deal, he'll be he'll be twenty-nine, which is usually where you see some diminishing in the skill set from a running back. Um, you start to see their numbers kind of fall from 29 on. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Chubb because I think Chubb is a once-in-a-generation type running back. I think we're going to see that over the next two years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to have him signed and have that out of the way before the season starts. Um, I think what it's really going to come down to is Baker's going to be the last contract we sign. I don't, I don't think Baker gets signed this year. I think Baker is next year. That's what I'm saying. I think he's going to be the last one we sign. Um, I think Chubb was, I think Chubb was priority. I think you had to sign him at least get him one more year with Hunt. Um, I also think that you need to sign Denzel Ward and Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller's earning his last year of his original contract with the Browns. Um, so starting next year, if we don't, if we don't reassign him, he will be a free agent. And that's not a guy that we want to lose, especially if you're keeping Chubb for three years, he's great to have. Um, He's a fantastic pulling guard. Yeah, but Chubb's contract is—I think honestly, we got him for a steal. We really did. I think he—I think he took a discount because Chubb's always been a team-first guy. I think that's been pretty evident. You hardly ever hear the guy say anything. He doesn't speak a lot. Um, or against that game in the te- or against the Texans when he runs out of bounds at the one-yard line so that Baker can take two knees and dead the clock. Mm-hmm. It's—he's a team-first kind of guy. It's, so a, he, it's a high IQ play. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's a very smart guy. It's it's the, he's the strong, silent type, if you will. Uh, but I think that the be- like I think that that play that he made against the Texans, almost in a weird roundabout way, coming up to this deal, kind of made me confident that he would take a deal, like he would take a discount. You know what I mean? Because he's that team first kind of guy has been since he's been here, um, and it's really good to have him on the team for the next three years. You know, twenty million guaranteed. I don't see him going anywhere, asking for any trades because he loves the city and we love him. I mean, he's the perfect fit for Cleveland. He runs the ball hard. He kind of embraces the mentality of the city. Yeah, I mean, he's a hard nosed, like running down your throat running back. You yeah. know, and I'm not saying like to the same level of Jim Brown, but the same running, you know, kind of style. He's, Oof, he's, I would not want to be compared to Jim Brown in Cleveland. I think he's the best pure runner in the NFL for sure. Well, think. And the Browns are helping him out a little bit, keeping him healthy by having Kareem Hunt. I mean, that's going to reduce the amount of plays that he's going to get the ball. I mean, granted, that's two different, you know, one's receiving out of the backfield and Chubb's running out of the yeah. backfield, but it's still, it's less hits that he's taking. So you're yeah. able to. Well, kinda... I mean, what do you think? Like, because I would compare, I would compare uh, this whole Chubb and, you know, Kareem Hunt or Chunt, as I like to call them. There will be t-shirts for Chunt if you're, if any of you Browns fans are interested. Um, but what do you, do you think, like, would you compare him more to like a Jim Brown type running back or like a Mack and Biner type of running back? I mean, I'd say Jim Brown. I mean, he, you can give him the ball. You can give him the ball first through third down. You know, he's going to get you the yardage. He's going to run hard. 
I mean, yeah. he'll take it up the gut. He'll bounce it out. It doesn't matter. He can do it all. He can do it all. Yes. If he if he gets in the open field, he's got great speed. Yep. Um, I mean, he can truck. If you get in front of him, he could truck you. So I he is. I think I, mean, I think he's the most complete running back in the NFL. I think I mean I'd like to see what he looks like a little bit more receiving the ball out of the backfield. Well, I think he had those back-to-back drops against the Chiefs, and I think a lot of people are worried about his hands. Um, so I will agree with you on that. So one. I think that's, he does so that's work the on one his thing. Hands. If there was anything that Nick Chubb needed to work on in the offseason, it was his hands. And even then, it's just a couple drops. Well, it's not in, a lot. In three seasons, he has seventy-two catches. So if you do, you know, per game, he catches basically a ball and a half a game. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. He, his worst quality is still not bad by NFL standard. No, um, but I think I think where a lot of people get the the Mac and Biner or like the Ernest Mac kind of references is is the fact that you have Kareem Hunt running next to him, so you have the Mac and Biner setup where you know you have two. Like last year, I think Kareem Hunt had 849 yards. He missed the the thousand yard mark by a little bit. Uh, Chubb cracked it by I think like 30 yards. Um, so we the Browns almost had 2,000 yard running backs last year, and that would have been the first time since. Mac and Biner in Cleveland to ever have a team have two thousand yard running backs, which I think this year they're going to get. Because I'm double check for me, but I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt's contract is up after this season, right? It could be. It's either this season or next. His contract ends, so I think that was kind of the reason that they pushed to get Chubb signed because um, he's only got a, a finite amount of time with Kareem Hunt, and I think those two make each other a lot better because you know obviously Chubb can do it all, but Kareem Hunt is a way better receiving running back. He catches a lot more balls than Nick does. Nick Chubb averages 5.2 yards a carry. He's got 3,500 yards in his career. Played 44 games, has 680 total rushing attempts. Kareem Hunt is signed through next season, um, 2023. He's an unrestricted free agent. Okay. Do you, I, and, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think that they'll try to push to re-sign Hunt if we can get him on a deal. Because I know Hunt's come out and said he's like, I want to finish my career. He's from Cleveland. Yeah, he's like, I want to finish my career here. I grew up a Browns fan. Like, this is where I, I want to be. He's so I think it. that he will. T- I, I think we're, I don't. I don't know if he'll take a vet minimum, but I think that he'll take. If somebody a, offers him, if somebody offers him a lot more than vet minimum, he'll go there. I think no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he'd go as low as vet minimum with, with the Browns, but I do think that he would take a discount like Chubb did. Yeah, a little hometown, little hometown discount. I think. Yeah. I think he. If they're going to reassign him, they need to do it next year because he's a five million cap hit this year. He goes up to six point six six million two hundred fifty next yeah. year. So I think if you're if you're going to reassign him, I think next off seasons when you look at doing it. Yeah, and I think I think the only thing that really prevents Hunt from getting reassigned next year would be Baker, depending on what his contract is going to end up looking like. I but I mean as of right now, I think that it is doable. To sign Ward, Teller, Chubb, Mayfield, and re-sign Hunt next year, I think it's doable. You just, you need a little bit of cooperation from the from those guys. Don't you just wish the NFL had the luxury tax like the NBA or oh like, yeah, or just, just so nice, or even an MLB where there there really is no salary cap. Like, or if there is, it's just like ah, but well, it's just a number. Baseball doesn't have an official salary cap; it just has luxury tax. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if the NFL had a luxury tax, I think that'd be so much better. No, if they had a luxury tax, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. The Browns would have all five of those guys back next year. Exactly. And signed to decent you know, decent contracts. NFL, get your shit together. Get it all in a bag. Get it, get it all together. Just get get your shit together, Summer. Oh, my God. You guys love that fucking quote, don't you? It's Rick and Morty. <laughs> How could we not? That's true. Oh, jeez, Bill. I don't know. I think we like it a little bit. Oh, jeez, Rick. Jesus Christ. 
You, Nate, would you say that you're as big of a cuck as Morty? Ooh, am I a cuck? No, I'm no <laughs> cuck. Oh my god. This episode... I'm not, I'm not sure about that. This episode has gone off the rails so many fucking times. I've what? cucked, I've hey, cucked this episode. episode title is Safety Off. Y- yeah, you think? <laughs> you think? This episode just started with a full clip, and we just went, you know what, we're going right down range, and we just unloaded. Tommy Gun Barrel. This whole 30-round drum, gone. Terry Francona. Tito. <laughs> we Tito Sunflower seeded this episode. I'm sure of it. I'm HIV positive. I'm so sure that. of it. So, you Scott, said SYC, Jackie. Scott, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Is there, um, is there anything we didn't touch on that you think uh, is prevalent news today? I mean, aside from... So, there is a bit of a delay with the uh, the company debit card account, so we can get your t-shirts started uh, in manufacturing. I think it's a two-day delay, so we're pushing back to Thursday, so that should be up and ready to go by then. Uh, we're going to have it up and ready soon. There's a little more that goes into it than that. We're, gonna, we're working on getting that all set up, so we do it properly, so... Stay with us. We will have the merch ready for you. We know a lot of you have reached out about it. We promise it is coming. See, we yeah. we got it. We got to check it in the savings. All the money's in the savings. We got to transfer <laughs> it over to checking. It's going to take three days. I, I just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, Kevin Hart. God fucking damn it. Uh, uh, I hate this group of guys. I really do. Yeah, we don't have any fun at all. So no, it's not a blast whatsoever. <laughs> Nate, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we uh, left off the docket? Ooh, we could do a Twitter poll for the squirrel name. Sure, you can name the. You guys can name. We have the, a taxidermied uh, squirrel that holds a Budweiser bottle that is going to be our uh, our mascot now. So we need help coming up with a name. My vote's for Lucky. He is missing a paw and an ear. So Sky loves this fucking thing. So yeah, sure do. He's a great guy. Hey, but uh, but in real talk, you know, shout out Bermuda for its first ever gold medal in the Olympics. Hell yeah! Smallest country to ever win a gold medal. Uh, what's her name? Duffy. Who won it in the women's triathlon? Sounds hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to what is it? The Philippines won in their first gold in almost a hundred years. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Tell you what, these Olympics, you just gotta love it. Oh, and you know, looking forward to having the Winter Olympics this coming winter. Yeah. Is Russia still banned from that? Yeah, they're the Russian Olympic. Committee? Committee, Confederation. They're the ROC. Yeah, yeah. They, they're the ROC, so yeah. They're also, a letter away from being military. Also, I'm calling I'm calling suspect on China. Something's going on there for them to have as many gold medals as they do. Something's messed up, man. Where did they come from? Something's not right. Whose wallet's been cracked open? They're juicing. They're juicing. The Russians <laughs> used to be juicing, now the Chinese are juicing. Call it Chinagate. Are we going to have the COC nation, the cock? <laughs> The Chinese Olympic Committee? They have 1.5 billion people that live in that country, so they'd be a pretty big cock. Uh, oh, uh, all right. That's the, cuck. That's the cuck of cocks right there. Yeah. Well, I guess that just about wraps it up. Yeah, so, uh, I, shout out to cock, possible next year team for the Olympics. Yeah. I do not have any, I do not have anything to uh, to hop into. I think we did a pretty good job of covering what we wanted to today. So I think we did a good job of emptying the clip. We once again want to thank everybody for listening. And... Uh, You know, once again, small market insecurities. Here's well with booze.